Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, I just 
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about it. Welcome back to the Bells. My name is Tom Mark with Dell President. Hey, welcome aboard. It is so good to get things started, things rolling. <clears throat> so let me, excuse me, I've got this stuff going on in my throat this morning. I woke up. I don't know what happened. I think something jumped down in my throat. I've been trying to, been trying to get rid of it all morning. So occasionally just got to, just got to do the unprofessional thing and clear your throat. Speaking of clearing it up, well, let's clear this up. 
coming up at 9.30 Eastern here in about 10 minutes, Matt Hicks is going to join us. We're going to be talking some NBA playoffs. We're going to be talking some Masters. He's going to be sitting around uh, chit-chatting some sports. Then at 10 o'clock Eastern is Grant Alstiv, uh, beat writer for the uh, Pacers for the Kokomo Tribune, also a uh, sports journalism student out at Arizona State University. Always like to give him some time to to get some notches in his belt, if you will, to, to help him along his way. And certainly he's a very, very uh, uh, good, he's going to be a very good uh, person in sports journalism. And so uh, we, we always like to have him on. He, he uh, is going to be talking some Pacers with us. Then, 10.30 Eastern, Mo from the BS Sports Show joins us also from, he's uh, from Eagle Up and the, I always get his radio station messed up, but either which way, he is going to be doing this. You know, I, I thought, well, in the opening dialogue there, would I, uh, would I want to try to do the show all day long in my master's voice as we get ready for a radio show like none other. It's Saturday morning. It's a tranquil time. We are nestled in between the suburbs in West Indianapolis, Indiana, high atop the Balance Studio. It is a weekend like none other. Taking the mic now is Tom Marcosel Presidente. As he begins the show today, he will talk with you a little bit about sports. Welcome, my friends. My name is Jim Nance. Actually, that is a very lousy Jim Nance impression. But hey, I gave it the old college try. So we opted out of that. We opted out of doing the show in the Jim Nance voice uh, all weekend long. <laughs> but there is something special about the Masters. I was, I was talking with a friend last night. I told her, I said, it's like the Daytona 500. It's like the Indianapolis 500. It's like the Super Bowl. It's like the World Series. It is the premier event for golf. The premier event for golf. And, of course, you know, Tiger's back on the course. I mean, you know, we always, every year over the last, I say we see every year because he's been gone for a few years, but we're glad that he's back. But now that he's back, we're like, he's 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 not back until he wins the Masters. Does he have that in him? And, you know, I, I just think that sometimes we, as fans, I'm guilty of it. We, we just don't let our heroes in the sports world, our athlete icons, if we will, we don't let them age. We don't, you know, we all get old. God knows I'm old. Getting up at it in the morning is harder and harder each and every morning. Okay, well that has to do with Crown Royal, but that's that's a whole nother story. But no, seriously, there comes a time and, and we know that he had his personal bouts. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't have the personal issues? It is what it is. It's unfortunate, but it happened. But the real issue was with Tiger Woods' back. And he still has he I mean, there's a story that I've read here recently where not just not too long ago where he was laying on the floor with his kids and he couldn't get up and his kids had to call for help to get him up. 
And now he's back out there on, on the golf course at Augusta, Georgia, uh, playing in the Masters. And we want him to be back. We want him to win. We want this to be the year that we can say Tiger Woods is back. Tiger Woods is here. And he's back on the golf course, and that's exciting. That's exciting. And I enjoy watching him. But, I mean, but also, you know how exciting it was? Of course, it's a tradition for Jack Nicholas to to take the first swing, the first tee, if you will, at the Masters. It's just a tradition. And as we know with the Masters, there's there's a lot of tradition, a lot of tradition. And speaking of traditions being broke, real quickly, let's digress. How awesome was it to see the women's golfers uh, make their first debut uh, at, at, at Augusta this year? So Augusta's slowly come along, slowly come along. Uh, but the Masters is all about tradition, that green jacket. And, you know, we we used to. Thank God for, for modern technology. Now we can watch every single round, uh, which started on Thursday. We've had it on the, at the office and at my desk. And it's just exciting times to watch the Masters. And, and so uh, here we go, round number three today. But... You know, the Masters is one on Sunday, and we could talk about Tiger because, hey, he's the hot topic to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about the leaderboard later on. We're going to talk a little bit about the rounds threes, but really, at the end of the day, a lot of times, it just doesn't matter how your first three rounds went. Sunday is where it happens, and traditionally and historically and and i don't know that this is by design it's just kind of how the master cards have played out and that is those that finish between sixth and eighth kind of in that spot in the first round watch for them on sunday because typically they're the ones who are going to uh be be ready to to go and uh, be ready to uh, to take the Masters. So here's how you can watch it. So we got round three today. Starts at 3 o'clock to 7.30. That's on CBS with Jim Nance. Tomorrow, CBS, 2 to 7 p.m. Yeah, I just pretty much told you what I'm going to be doing for the next two days. <laughs> All right. I, I, I'll do some laundry. I'll do some dishes. I'll make some food. I'll drink some beer. On my TV, it's going to be the Masters. You can also watch it. Uh, you, got, you can listen to it on Westwood One and, and Sirius XM. Uh, find it on your particular channels there. Uh, you can watch the Masters live stream on the range, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, you can watch some featured groups there, a man corner. That's my favorite spot. I mean, I know a lot, a lot of people like different spots in the Masters and, and, on, and on Augusta. You know digressing again that is just one of the most beautiful places on earth well i i used to when i was in the army i was stationed in augusta georgia for a brief time and they had a charity golf and it wasn't the masters it was just something kind of leading up to that and i had an opportunity to play in that charity golf uh, tournament there <laughs> certainly by no means the level that was going to happen a few weeks after i was there but just to walk those hallowed grounds 
of of Augusta, Georgia, is just something incredibly special. Joining us now, well, he's special, but that's for another reason. Matthew Hicks, how are you, sir? <laughs> Very well. How are you? Hey, you know, we, we thought we would try to do the show all all day today in the Jim Nance voice, but I don't know. It probably wouldn't have worked out, you know. Nestled in top of the west suburbs of Indianapolis is a show like none other, The Balance. Taking the mic now is Tom Marquis. Hi, my friends. I'm Jen Nance. <laughs> i tell you what, though. I was just talking a little bit about how awesome and how special the Masters is and, and how, you know, Tiger's back. But we, we just, as, as sports fans, we don't let them age. We don't let them – and he's back. It's good to see him back on the course. But we got to be real with ourselves. I don't know that he's back to win a Masters. If he does, my God, fantastic. Hats off to him. What are your thoughts about this year's Masters? We'll get into some NBA playoff talk here in a minute. But, of course, it's the Masters, kind of the overall theme. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I, you talk about Tiger, and, and I, two thoughts come to my mind when I, when I think about Tiger Woods. One is, you know, he was so good, he became the villain, right? I mean, you kind of got, well, at least I did. Maybe not everybody did, but you kind of got sick of him winning at some point. You're kind of thinking, okay, we get mm-hmm. it. You're the best ever. And you were always looking for, whether it was Phil or whoever, a challenger, you know, right? Uh, who can stand up to this amazing uh, golfer on Sunday? Uh, and then, you know, he found Phil for a while, and others, of course. But then, you know, the fall from grace and, and you know, he has obviously the, the issues in his personal life. And then mm-hmm. you kind of, at least myself, you kind of find yourself like, oh, my gosh, what an amazing story as he kind of continues this very long road to come back. He had the one decent season and then was injured again. Uh, but as far as winning a major again, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, he could. I mean, obviously, he's only one shot off the lead going into day three. Uh, but I, I'm not sure he has that in him. It's the stamina that at this point I question. I think he can have two or maybe even three really good rounds. I'm not sure at this point in his age he can have four good enough rounds to compete with these athletes. These athletes are, are as good of athletes as he is and now superior. That was his advantage. He was an athletic specimen uh, in his day. Um, but now it's obviously everybody's caught up to him. You know, it's the same thing with his long ball. He would outdrive three quarters of the field, and now everybody, you know, really everybody's right with him or even longer than him now. So it, it is one of those things, but you do kind of, at least I do, find myself kind of rooting for the guy now. It's like, wow, what an amazing thing at, at his age to, to, to be where he is. And, uh, you know, we'll see at 2 o'clock today if he can stick with it. I tell you what, though, if, I, if he's within a stroke, Tomorrow, I I sure wouldn't bet against him. I'll say that. You can never say within a stroke in the same sentence with Tiger Woods. Yeah, I'm just saying. Good point. You can't you that's can't do that, point. Matt. You you know better than this. You're right though. 205, he, te- he tees off with Ian Poehler. Uh, then at 215, Justin Harding and uh, Zofoli, uh Xander Zofoli. Uh I tell you what. Uh, golfers' names are getting about as hard to pronounce as IndyCar drivers. But uh, <laughs> and then at 225, Justin Johnson uh, and Louis Ocean. Yep, that Who's, name. Who's here's, Who's the, here's the guy. Yeah. Real, here's the guy. I don't know if you've been watching it throughout the week, but this is the guy that I've got my eyes on. And and really, if you wanted to say, hey, 
nice, safe, nice, conservative bet. Never won before. It's hard to win the for your first Masters. I think we've got plenty of people that can attest to that. That's why it's so special. But Brooks Keepa, uh, what are your thoughts yeah, about Kepka. him? Yeah, Brooks Kepka. Kepka. Yeah, I'm so Kepka sorry. Kind of, yeah, yeah my, my, he's kind of my pick uh, at this point if I had to pick one. So much, and it, and it really is today and the second half of tomorrow, Today separates the men from the boys, typically, you know. Uh, so, so if Brooks can stay right there, it'll be his tournament to lose going into tomorrow. Uh, but we've seen here in recent years so many people have that two- or three-stroke lead on Sunday morning only to find themselves in the middle of the pack by the time the, the day ends. I, you almost want to be two strokes off. Uh, you know, the, the pace, and, and then come back on Sunday to win the thing. And I, I think that Brooks Kepka has an excellent shot. Dustin Johnson is playing about as good as golf oh, as yes. anybody right yeah. now. You know what? <laughs> don't, don't cut out – don't count out Phil. I mean, Phil is – you know, yeah, he's an older guy, but he's only a few strokes off the lead. And he, This is a course he knows very well. Obviously, of course, everybody does. But I, I, I don't count anybody really uh, out within, within three or four strokes. I mean, five, you start to have some issues. Uh, the, the, in other words, the guys that are only one under and even, I don't think like Bubba can come back in two, in two rounds and win this thing. Uh, but, but there's a lot of guys um, that would not at all surprise me. Ian Poulter is another guy that would not surprise Absolutely. me. Absolutely. He's oh, heck standing yeah. at the top at the end of the day. So yeah, we'll, it'll, it'll be a good, entertaining couple of days of golf, and and really the, the, the we'll have a, a much obviously clearer picture tomorrow. Well, yeah, and absolutely, you know, another name that you didn't mention maybe is kind of a dark horse or, or a horse to watch, and that's Jason Day. Uh, he's he did yeah, well, and he he comes from that pack in that first round where they say if you're in this pack of between six and eight in the first round you're going to be between one and six in the last round. Historically, that's just how it's played out. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Tiger comes into the weekend uh, uh, with uh, one stroke back. Uh, so, so certainly going to be a, a, a star-packed weekend. And, and the Masters, again, like, like I was talking to a friend last night, I told her it's like the Daytona 500. It's like the Indy 500. It's like the World Series. It's like the Super Bowl. It is the pinnacle of their sport. And to win that green jacket is incredible. So it's it's going to be fun uh, to, to watch this weekend. Well, let's get into it. NBA playoffs. I know you always help me play the homer card, and I much appreciate it. Uh, but there is more than the Pacers in the NBA playoffs. We'll get to that. But why not start with the Pacers? we got to start somewhere. Pacers haven't been there in a couple of years. They've managed to get there pretty much without Owen Depot. Uh, and so a, a new face with, with the Pacers. They, it comes with some challenges. Uh, but uh, with uh, Marcus Smart out with, with the Boston Celtics, which is their key guy, that's their guy. I mean, they, uh, the Indiana Pacers are very much strategically positioned to win, win round one if they do. And I know that's a big if, and I know they have a big challenge. So I, I and I know that's the homer card. But if they beat the Pacers, their road to the finals gets a little bit easier if we if we look at the way things should play out. But there again, it's the playoffs, and nothing ever happens the way that you plan it to happen. 
boy, I wish Tom, I, I really want to sit here and agree with everything you just said, but I just can't. Um, well, go ahead. I'm the I don't host. Think That's the what you're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the Pacers are playing very well right now at all. Um, I think they might win a game or two in this series, uh, but the reality of it is unless things really fall, and I mean really fall well for them, I don't see them advancing in this series. Um, Tyreek Evans is the X-factor uh, squared, trip, uh, uh, cubed, whatever you want to say. As he goes, this team is going to go in the playoffs. If he is the guy that can give them 12 to 16 points off the bench, they have a half a chance to win this series. The reality of it is uh, Kyrie Irving is the superior player on the court. And I've no disrespect to any of those Pacers. They're all fine players. And there are a couple of all-stars on that Pacer team that have not been rewarded with that honor yet. They will be all like, you know, Boyan Bogdanovich to me is an all-star. Miles Turner might be the defensive player of the year. But the reality of it is from a clutch standpoint, Kyrie Irving in a close game is a guy that can only be matched by Victor Oladipo and Vic's out. He's not going to play, obviously, in this playoffs. Hopefully, he's back in time for camp. Uh, but, but the reality of it is, I just don't think – they had such a terrible march. I, I just don't see it, and I, I don't mean that as a disrespect. I mean, this, I don't mean that to take away from the accomplishment of what they did this season because they got to realize, not only did they not have Vic down the stretch for the last, what, 40-some-odd games, they, they missed him for 12 games before that, too. So, I mean, well more than half the season they didn't have their best player, and here they are, the fifth seed in the East, and, and you know, if they'd played a little bit better in March, they would have been the fourth seed. So I, I, the accomplishment is great, and I think you, you don't compare apples to oranges. Last season was last season, and, yes, they should have beat Cleveland in the first round of the playoffs. They should have. They were the better team. But it always comes down to this in the NBA, it seems like. They have Kyrie Irving, and you don't. They had LeBron James last year, and you don't. And if they were to get to the second round, Milwaukee has Giannis Antetokounmpo, and you don't. I just think that's the issue here with this, with this particular Pacer team. Without Oladipo, I just can't I – mean, I mean, obviously, I'm a – listen, I can say this now. I don't really work in the media anymore. I'm a Pacer fan. I'm a, I'm a season ticket holder. I have a 10-game package. I love the Pacers. I want them to do well. I just, I'm just not overly optimistic, and I'll be rooting like heck for them tomorrow afternoon. Well, let's uh, kind of get into some of these other games, and let's uh, let's uh, go over to Brooklyn. I mean, obviously a guy we know well here in, in Indianapolis who is, did well for himself, Michael Grady, who's uh, with the uh, Yes Network, the Nets, the, the Nets, Brooklyn Nets, and I believe he's getting ready to start his own uh, radio show, too, uh, oh, on, good on Fox, I, Fox, I think. But either which way, certainly very well accomplished, but we know him very well from here in Indianapolis. Uh, but uh, certainly, as uh, talking about his his tweet uh, on the 10th of April, said special night. Nets finished the season 500 above for the first time since 2014. Obviously, the Nets uh, take on the Philadelphia 76ers. Got to trust the process. Does the process continue in round one, or do the Nets continue their momentum in round one? Well, okay. T- to me, when you look at these first round matchups. This is one that, I mean, listen, the reality of it is uh, there probably aren't going to be a lot of upsets in this first round. That being said, 
this is one that is intriguing to me, depending on how much time Joel Embiid misses. Without Joel Embiid, this is a decent matchup for Brooklyn. I think this could be potentially a long series. Here's why I favor Philadelphia. I would assume that Embiid comes back at some point in this series, and I don't think the 76ers lose a game with Embiid, a healthy Embiid, in the lineup. Now, if he's half, you know, 50% or 75%, maybe that's different. But, but this, to me, is a very – I'm looking forward to this game today because I think Brooklyn can sneak one out in Philadelphia. doesn't sound like Embiid's going to play. Um, so this is an intriguing matchup. I, I think this could be the upset of the playoffs. And, boy, what a disappointing thing for Philadelphia. I mean, they went all in with Jimmy Butler, and, and they make the big trade for Tobias Harris. And um, they're all in on this. And, and, and the reality of it is, at full strength, they're probably the best. I don't want to discount Toronto too much. But they're probably the best challenge to Milwaukee in this whole thing. So um, it's interesting, certainly. Well, yeah, and absolutely. I wanted to digress a little bit just because we got a lot to kind of talk about with the NBA. Dwayne Wade retires. I mean, like him or yeah. not like him, he's certainly one of, one of the greats. We see, uh, and by the way, just uh, pointing this out, if you missed, you can, you can YouTube it, but if you missed his final introduction at home in Miami from his son, oh, oh it'll I give you good stuff. Oh, boy. Can't, you got to watch it, and I'll try that. to get it up on social media. <laughs> but, but basically, and now with your Miami Heat, my dad, Dwayne Wade. Oh, and literally, uh, just tears started curling down his eyes, and they gave him the mic, and he gave the farewell speech. But Dwayne Wade, an incredible career. LeBron James, incredible career. We were talking a little bit earlier about Masters and how a lot of times us as fans, we just don't let our – are iconic people age. We don't let them get past that point of greatness. We see Dwayne Wade retiring. He realizes it's, it's his time to do something else. He's certainly got a Hall of Famer. He's certainly one of the greats. Played, obviously, with LeBron James. Obviously has a great career. But do we still look – I mean, because for the first time since Reggie Miller was on the court, LeBron James misses the playoffs – if we see Magic Johnson walk away, everybody thought yeah. that LeBron James was the Messiah, the second coming of Jesus Christ with the, with the Lakers was with LeBron James. And Kobe, he has every right to sit back and toot his own hand, horn and pound his chest and says, I'm just as good as LeBron James. What, what are we seeing well, there? What's the trend we're seeing there? Well, listen, the reality of it is, and by the way, you're, I'm one of the maybe – few people that think and, and I get kind of roasted for this all the time. I think Kobe is the best basketball player outside of the big man, you know, like Wilt and those guys and Russell. I think Kobe's the best basketball player that's ever lived. I, I, I mean, I, I think he has the athleticism of Jordan in a shooter's body. Now remember Jordan was, listen, he was great. I mean, but if you had a, if you had a little nitpick on his game, he wasn't the greatest three point shooter. Kobe was. So, I, you know, I, first off, Kobe, in my opinion, has every reason to think he's better than LeBron because I think he is, no matter who scored more points, you know. Uh, but LeBron is, is an interesting thing. I think Magic overpromised and underdelivered. I think he thought he had Paul George. He, 
LeBron point, touche, touche. I, I, I think Paul I George really thought Magic Johnson had him. <laughs> well, certainly. And I think going back to this thing, if you would have told me Rajon Rondo, Paul George, LeBron James, and maybe JaVale McGee, uh, yeah, that's a playoff team, and that's probably a team that can challenge Golden State or Houston, however you know that shakes out. Um, so, or Denver. Denver's, you can't count out Denver either. Uh, but I think it was a comedy of errors this season – and LeBron is older. He clearly cannot carry a team on his back by himself. That Cavaliers team last year was a little underrated. They bought into LeBron. This Lakers team did not buy in, clearly. So you get halfway through the season, you realize this is not going well. I'm just going to shut it down and wait till next year, which, you know, is neither here nor there, really. But, uh, but I, I fully expect them to acquire – pieces next year whether it's Anthony Davis whether it's uh, ironically whether it's Kyrie Irving whoever they get it will be someone to to help and maybe even take some of the load off the back of LeBron James next year I, I think they'll be right in the mix especially when you consider what the landscape of the West could potentially look like next year it could look very different um, you know with Golden State maybe happened to break it up just a little bit to keep things under the salary cap. And it could look very different next year in the West. And I expect that to be the Lakers' benefit, whether they get one of those Golden State guys or whether they're able to get Kawhi Leonard. But it sounds like Leonard might be going to the Clippers. It could be interesting how that all plays out. But LeBron's still really good. He may not be the best player in the NBA anymore, but he's you know easily in the top ten. We're talking with Matthew Hicks, a good local radio friend of mine. I've been around the local Indianapolis radio for a long time. I know you're kind of doing some other things right now, but, hey, still love to have you on and talk some uh, sports with you, and you certainly helped me play the homework card here. I know we're a national show, but, hey, it's we got some national teams that get some national attention. Uh, one of those is the Indianapolis right. Colts, and we, we we're getting ready for the draft coming up here real soon down in Nashville. We, 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 we watched Ballard. We, we had a great season with Frank Reich. Andrew Luck is back. If you're Frank Reich, Ballard, Ursay, you're down in Nashville, well, or Nashville and Indianapolis, they're not necessarily in the same place. You're looking at these players. You're looking at your war board. We've got to, A, draft this person. I mean, as a fan, we always want to say, hey, we want to insert name here. But if you're Ballard mm-hmm. or you're Frank Reich, we want to do what's best for the longevity of the team. And I, I think what gets the Colts in trouble so many times is we as fans think that they need to draft for a here and now for a Super Bowl this year. And that just doesn't mm-hmm. happen historically. You have to draft and you have to build your team from the draft. And as great of a season that we had last year, I still think the Indianapolis Colts are still in a real rebuilding time. And the fans, uh, pardon the expression that the the Philadelphia 76ers have made so popular, trust the process. But they absolutely have to do that. But what's the next step in the process to build on what we had last year to build on the future of the Colts coming up in the NFL draft? Well, it's it's, – now, first off, what they have not addressed clearly is the wide receiver situation. I – they bring in the former – his name escaped me right now. They bring in the former Carolina Panther. Um, that may work out. It, to me, that's a that's – a, that's a roll of the dice. We'll see. 
um, they, they they need to address the wide receiver position, whether it through be uh, whether it be through free agency or the draft. And there's still some free agents out there, so I mean that's that's and there'll be more. Uh, there's always some late cuts, so that's still something to consider. But however, they are in this wonderful position because really outside a wide receiver, they just need depth. They need now uh, depth at positions. I mean, um, yeah, you'd like to see the corners. I mean, there, there's certainly positions that are weaker than others. Uh, the safety position seems to be addressed if everybody's healthy. You've got kind of you kind of got four solid guys there with the, the uh, addition of Canard uh, from uh, the Browns. So I mean, you know, you look at that. You look you look at the linebacking core with with what they've got now. Um, they're going to be spectacular, I think, as these guys continue to, to get older and, and age. But they could probably still use a um, an Erlacher-type middle linebacker. Easier said than done, right? Um, they've got they've got the outside guy in Leonard. Much easier who's said all than pro. done. Yeah, right, exactly. But the defensive line is solid. You bring in Justin Houston. I mean, and then you look at the offensive line, potentially – the best offensive line in football. I don't think that's an overstatement at this point. It might be the best offensive line in football this year. The running back situation is solid with the addition of a young uh, workhorse, uh, a bruiser, you know, a third and one type of guy they, that, that would be a great benefit to them. The tight end position again with a healthy Jack Doyle. And by the way, keep your eye on that. That's the one thing that I'm curious on with Jack Doyle. Will he be ready for camp? It doesn't sound like he's going to be. So that's something to keep your eye on, and don't be shocked if they don't draft a tight end and they don't draft one high. Uh, that could be possible. They obviously like to run their offense through tight ends. So, but but with a healthy Jack Doyle, they're they're again probably right towards the tops in football at the tight end position. Wide receiver is the issue, I think. Um, you know, if they hang on to Jacoby Brissett, which looks like they're going to, and I have no problem with that. Uh, they've got a solid backup quarterback. I mean, now you just need to draft best. I mean, it sounds stupid and it's cliched, but the best person available is what they need. They need depth. They need to be able to withstand an injury at different positions and, and keep on rolling because you know they're going to come. I mean, injuries happen to every team every year. Indianapolis knows that better than anybody in the last few years. But uh, to, to continue their trajectory, and I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender yet. I agree with you there. Uh, but but they are a playoff team. There's no question, and they are a team that's going to challenge for this division. And there's no question about that. And to continue that trajectory they're on, they just got to add depth. And I think they're well on their way to that. Just got to keep chopping wood, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Good. I need a couple. I could not I resist. A could not uh, resist. Rolling rolling balls of butcher knives. <laughs> Kyler Murray, does he go to the Arizona Cardinals? Uh. I like Josh Rosen a lot as of the success you saw from, and I might be completely wrong on this, but of the success you saw from those other young quarterbacks that were taken in the first round, Cleveland and, and uh, the jets taking the young quarterbacks last year. I still think Rosen is the best of those. And if they trade him, somebody is getting a franchise quarterback. Uh, You know, if it's in the right system, of course, I really like him a lot. Um, But Murray is that, you know, next level type of quarterback that obviously, you know, can do a lot with his feet and with his arm. He's, he's spectacular athlete. And uh, I, I don't know. I, if, if it were my team, no, I would stick with Rosen and add, add another spot, you know, whether it be the defensive lineman or, uh, um, 
I'm trying to think who the other top pick is. Oh, Bosa from. Uh, yeah, Ohio Bosa. State. Yeah. Might go to yeah, the 49ers. He, he's the guy who uh, who went on Twitter and deleted all his uh, pro-Trump tweets because he thought thinks he might be going <laughs> to the 49ers. I, okay, yeah. that's okay that he did that, but two, it's stupid that he feels like he has to do that. But that's a whole other subject yeah, for another thing. But yes, Bosa, you're talking about Bosa. That's, that's right. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, if it were me, I'd take him number one overall. And, uh, and I think again, Kyler Murray is going to be great. But the reality of it is, is, those top those top few teams outside of New York, they don't need a quarterback. So I mean, you know, uh, so we'll see. But I, I really like Bosa, and Murray's going to be great. I mean, I just you know you know when you talk about a quarterback of his style. It, the, the the question that always comes up is durability, you know, and obviously he, you know, he's been hit before. I'm not trying to say he's, you know, never been hit, but it is a little different in, in the NFL, obviously. Well, let's just uh, get, if we're just a couple more minutes here, Matthew Hicks has certainly been around local radio here, here in Indianapolis. Obviously you, you follow the AFC South uh, very closely, just like I do. Let's just kind of play a little mock draft, if you will. If the draft were today, I think that that the Texans jump in front and do a trade with the Falcons. They'll jump in front of the Panthers in order to land an offensive line centerpiece that they so desperately need in order to protect uh, Deshaun Watson. And I think that would be Andre Dillard from Washington State offensive lineman. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I, I think they find themselves in this weird position where they almost have to do something like that. They need to swing big. Um, they, they've they need to protect Watson. They also need to get the um, the ball out of Watson's hands quicker. That's that's just a fundamental thing. We saw that with Luck too at the beginning of his career. They just got to uh, do that. It, it'll be curious though to see, um, yeah, if, if they can jump up there with by trading Clowney or however they um, decide to do that. What asset do they give up? Uh, to, to be able to move up and, and get that um, that top pick. But you're right. They definitely need to uh, get an offensive lineman, and then they probably need uh, another running back too uh, in reality. As good as Lamar Miller was last year, I think you need to – you know, running back by committee now is, is kind of the thing. So It's kind of, uh, it's kind well, of the trend. Think, Absolutely. Yeah, really. Well, the Colts – very, very few workhorses. Well, and the Colts certainly, I, I feel like, did a good job of the running back by committee uh, job. Speaking of the Colts, they're at the number 18 slot, and, and I think they make a trade with the Vikings to draft me uh, in that wide receiver position. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, Marquise Brown, you know, yeah. that's the joke of my last name there. So, although I don't have an E on my last name, so I digress. It was a really bad joke. But Marquise Brown, a wide receiver from Oklahoma. Certainly, Indianapolis, if they move up, they, they need to add some, like you said, some deep and outside speed. Giving Andrew Luck one of the most dynamic receiving duos in the league, and making this offense even tougher than it tougher to stop than it already is, it's very important that we address that. And you and you talked about it earlier. It's very important that the Colts address the wide receiver position, and I think Marquise Brown from Oklahoma is that missing link. Well, he's kind of clearly the best um, wide receiver in the draft, but there. There's some there's some guys. I mean, you know, listen, you know, you know as well as I do. Um, they don't like to move up, and uh, the the Colts the Colts want to just hoard those draft picks. I mean, if they stay where they are at 26, there's a, there's a guy Jerry Tillery. I mean, obviously you watch Notre Dame every week in Indiana, so there's a guy mm-hmm. uh, sure. Jerry Tillery. We know who he is. Notre right? Dame yeah. defensive lineman. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's like, what a defensive tackle he can be. I mean, you know, there, there's guys, there's corners available. There, you know, listen, don't rule out. I mean, don't rule out anything. I wouldn't be shocked if they took an offensive lineman with their first round pick. I mean, you wouldn't think they would, right? But again, we don't know what the plan is here. Um, so I, I think you can probably rule out uh, three positions in the first round, quarterback, kicker, and punter. Uh, outside of that, I don't think we know, and we've proven this over the years, you know, especially when Bill Pulley was here, um, and Chris Ballard is almost kind of in some ways uh, cut from the same cloth. In other ways, not cut from the same cloth. Uh, but uh, they, uh, they definitely keep you guessing. I wouldn't be shocked. If, if a guy like, um, oh, I don't know, if, if a guy falls, like if uh, Noah Fant, the tight end from Iowa, fell. He's going to go to the Titans. I was just getting ready to bring him up about the Titans. He's yeah. going to go to the Titans, well, the, uh, the Tennessee Titans. I mean, you, you got and you the reason why so. I, need, I, he was actually next. That. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was say they that's exactly what they need for Mariota. They need a they need a safety valve, and he's I mean he's like far and away the um, the, the key uh, to, to 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 that situation on top in the top tight end of the draft. But I mean you know there's guys you, you know I, you never know like the Giants could trade up um, and out of that 17th pick and and you know maybe that maybe Devin Bush is a linebacker that you think they would take would fall. I I just I don't know I think there's a lot of possibilities in this draft that. The Colts can stand pat and kind of see what falls to them because they really need everything. Yes, they need wide receiver more than anything else. But, you know, they really need depth at every position. Yeah, and, and talking about Noah, Noah Fant, I had him literally next on the list to talk about, obviously, tight end from Iowa. And he starts his career operating in a two tight end set, sets with Delaney Walker and eventually becomes the number one guy position there, giving Marcus Mariota or whoever replaces him him long-term uh, two uh, physical targets alongside Corey Davis. I think that is just, again, Fant is the missing link for the Titans. That's who they have to get. Well, it, it seems to make sense uh, for them, again, if they don't make a trade. You know, uh, but there, there's a lot of things that the draft that you go into it and you think, well, this is a natural fit. This makes sense. And then somebody makes a trade and somebody falls or or somebody, you know, smoking dope on YouTube right before the first round. And, you know, you never know. You mean that, that's happen, a thing? You know? That happens? It happens. <laughs> yeah, it happens. I know it, it did happen. happen. It was a joke, yeah. yeah. With the gas Yeah, no, it did happen, yeah. Right, yeah. So Hilarious. You, you just don't know how, how this thing's going to unfold. And, and it's still, you know, uh, what is it, two weeks away still, uh, or two, two and a half weeks away. You just don't know what all is going to come of this thing still. So it, it, I, I think there's a lot of twists and turns yet to come, but I don't really expect the Colts to trade up. Despite having all the capital and the means to easily do so, the wide receivers in this draft aren't transformative. There might only be one that goes in the first round, maybe two. I think you can find guys later that are, you know, as they always say, that the separation is closer later. Um, and, and get good value, as they like to say, later on in the draft. I think there's going to be a guy that you can – knowing Chris Ballard, there's going to be a guy that he feels like is another Pro Bowl-type player that falls to him, and he's going to take him. Whether he plays right tackle, tackle, 
you know, you don't know. Or defensive linemen. They, they obviously like to have crazy depth on the defensive line. So uh, with the way they play that cover two. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. One other team I wanted to talk with you about, and then they're not in the AFC South, obviously the AFC North, but it's been a, a, a soap opera, if you will, as the world turns around the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Pittsburgh Steelers uh, currently are in the number 20 spot with, with Devins off the board at linebacker. The Steelers add another cornerback uh, to their growing stable, uh, solidifying the position long-term. They get Brian Murphy, cornerback for Washington 1. True or false? And two, what does the Steelers look like without Bell and without Brown and without all the drama? They still got to get rid of Big Ben, who's the drama well, creator, but neither here nor there. They they need to get some uh, stuff going on. They need to get have some trust falls or something going on in the locker room because they are not working together as a team. They are not a team, and they are not making. They say teamwork makes the dream work. Or their dream did not work last year. Well, they are they are an every other year team, so I expect them to win the Super Bowl this year. Um, no, that they um, <laughs> they will be they will be better. They will be a lot better. Um, the, every all that drama is gone. I mean that all the everything you just talked about that's gone. Uh, they bring in a guy like Dante Moncrief, who is you know let's be honest, he's kind of pedestrian, but he's a solid guy, and they seem to get like a lot out of people like that. They brought in, who was the guy that was here for a year with the Colts? It was the Raider. Um, he was uh, terrible here, but he's kind of made a Rose, career in Pittsburgh. Dominic Rose? No, 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 no. no. Uh, wide receiver. Um, um, I, can't, I, I can't think of his name. He's a speed. That wasn't uh, in my show like prep, so I don't know. This. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, but but um, it'll come to me. But they well, seem to does, make when it does shoot me a tag. out of those guys. <laughs> yeah, they seem to make a career out of out of keeping those guys around, and it's just kind of amazing. Um, and obviously with Juju Smith uh, Schuster, they're in they're in great shape as far as that goes too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I tell you, I think I think they're they're a team that that is on the come again. We'll see, um, but. They bring in Mark Barron. I mean, they just do those little things that kind of make you think, okay. And then James Conner had a great year. I guarantee James Conner will have a better year than Le'Veon Bell did, or will have, I should say, uh, coming up. So, yeah, I, I, the solid offensive line. Um, they'll draft another offensive lineman probably. Uh, they, the defense is not, of course, what it once was, but it can still stop people. So, I, yeah, I, I have a feeling they're going to be just fine. So we're just a few weeks away from the month of May, and we know how special that is here in Indianapolis. we got two races, the Indianapolis Grand Prix and the 103rd running of the Indianapolis 500. So exciting. Still gives you goosebumps. Getting ready for it, getting ready to go. For now, though, Alonzo returns to, to IndyCar with the Indianapolis 500. We are going to have, if, if everything holds true to what we know now, we are going to have another real bump day. If a man is yep. in, we've got some we got some team changes. It's going to be exciting. I love I love Bump Day. I think it's one of my favorite days out there. I like James Hinchcliffe. I've been talking with him since he's in the Indy Light series. He's been on the show. I always tr- make time to talk with him when he's here. I was heartbroken to see him, but they they 
they were so humble and did it the right way. They could have because you qualify the car, you don't qualify the driver. So they could have very easily said, "Hey, Wickens, uh, you're not going to go in the Indianapolis." Fire. They could have very easily made a change and put James Hinchcliffe in. They chose not to do that, and so. It may not be James Hinchcliffe, but there is going to be a bump day. We don't know who it's going to be. We haven't seen them out on the other way. So it would be impossible to make a prediction now. But, no, I like having bump day, a real bump day back. I mean, I like getting the speeds up there as fast as we can get them. I think 230 is our max, but we still like to get a speed above that. And, you know, just something special about the Indianapolis 500 Maybe there's people out there who listen and say, I've never been to the Indy 500. Why do people think it's so special? Tell us why the Indianapolis – I know why. You know why. But tell me why the Indianapolis 500 is such a special place and such a special time. Well, it's just – I mean, you know, listen, I grew up uh, like 10 miles from the track. And then, by the way, I was trying to think of Darius Hayward Bay. No, that's who um, you're talking about. You're right. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Once the light bulb comes on, the 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 yeah, absence like, of oh, darkness yeah. appears, and you and everything becomes clear. Go right ahead, sir. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, the 500 obviously is is it's just you know it's just one of those great things in Indianapolis. I mean, you know, there's 300 some odd thousand, maybe 400,000 people there. Uh, it makes what is it? It jumps Indianapolis like to the, the sixth largest city. In the country yes. that day, it's, yes. it's an amazing, yeah, you know, there's all kinds of amazing things that happen in um, uh, terms of the size and scope of the, of the speedway. It's a very special event, and, and it's uh, listen. The reality of it is, too, there's danger, uh, there's drama, there's uh, it's the pinnacle of of, of racing. I, you know, I, you talk about Le Mans, and you can talk about Daytona, and you can talk about uh, Monaco, but the reality of it is, is, this is still the one that everybody wants to win. And some are more brave than others. And I don't say that lightly, by the way. I mean, I understand this is dangerous. And, uh, you know, like a, like a Jimmy Johnson would love to win the 500, but the reality of it is he's not uh, to a point in his life and career where he wants to risk what that, what that would entail. And I, I get that. Right. You know, like I don't fault <laughs> a guy like Jeff Gordon for having never tried it. Um, it, it is. It's a different thing. And I think um, this, this year has a chance to be very special. There's 34 entrants already, so that obviously is one more than what they take. I would expect that number to creep up to 36 over the next couple yeah, of days. Yeah, between 35 maybe, and 36, maybe, I think you're absolutely right on that. Yeah, maybe maybe 37, depending on if there's another deal out there that I've heard about that could come together, and I don't want to say it because I could be way off. But um, <laughs> but uh, but I've kind of heard a few things, so I think 37 is a possibility. Um, so we'll see, but, I, but regardless, the race itself is going to be spectacular on NBC. Of course, here in Indianapolis, you listen to it on the radio, and then you watch it again that night. So that's kind of the thing we do here in Indy. Uh, but uh, kind of a tradition. Blackout locally. Yeah. So it, that it might be changing in the future. It's not going to change this year, but it might it might change in the future, especially how they change their their broadcasting uh, rights and in the world of streaming. And it, I mean, it, it could happen, but. You know, there's again talking about tradition. We were talking about the Masters earlier. There's something special about Indianapolis and the tradition. Being here in Indianapolis and listening to it on the radio and watching it at night, like you said, the Indianapolis 500 comes up in May. Then in July is the NASCAR race, the Brickyard. They moved it back from September to July. Yeah. I don't think it was because they were competing with the NFL. It could have been, but honestly, I think they would rather have the heat than the 
rain that they had last year, and I think they they're rolling well, the dice that so they have better weather. I don't know. I don't know what they're. I don't know what they're thinking. I am stunned, and this is actually not. I've not talked about this with anybody. I am stunned that the Daytona race, the second Daytona race, is now going to take place later, and that's going to be the race to get into the to the uh, the playoffs for them. The Firecracker 400, as it was called when I was a kid, uh, for this to be the Brickyard is, to me, it's stunning. I cannot believe that this that the Indianapolis race would be put on such a coveted date as Fourth of July weekend. I don't know that it's going to fix the the attendance woes because, listen, the reality of it is that the attendance woes are not unique to Indianapolis. They're everywhere, including Daytona. Sure. Uh, so. So the reality of it is, is that may not fix it, but it's going to help television ratings. It's going to help them a lot. Um, I think it's uh, almost a coup for the Speedway to to pull this off. I don't know what the negotiations were like. I, you know, I haven't actually. I I would love to sit down and talk to to Doug about it, Doug Bowles, because uh, I have not heard really the insider on this at all. But the reality of it is, I think this is spectacular. I mean, you talk about now the the really. I mean, I don't know, probably the second biggest date now. I mean, it was always the big race, right? Everybody wanted to win in Indianapolis mm-hmm. on the NASCAR side. Sure. But now you're talking about 4th of July weekend. I, I mean, oh, my goodness. I, I This is awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I think it know. is, too. Right? Yeah. I don't know about the heat and all that <laughs> for attendance, but, I mean, television is going to do great on this one. Well, at the end of the day, I mean, Duck Bowles, Great guy, great executive there at the track, but I don't know how much how much the Indianapolis Motor Speedway itself really has much of a yeah. say so in anything I, because and I don't the and I don't NASCAR either. and the TV know. networks say this is when it's going to run, take it or leave it, and Doug Bowles says I'll take it, give me another sir, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I don't either. Regardless though, uh, it's I think it's great, and I'll be very curious to see how this plays out. I hope they what they need now in Indianapolis for the NASCAR races. They need date consistency. Because I, I bet if you walked outside right now and, and beautiful, we were both in beautiful Avon, Indiana, as Terry Lee would say. Um, <laughs> if, if you walked out right, outside right you now. You that in your, gy- in, in your Jim Nance voice. Yeah, that's right. Hello, Avon, Indiana. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I bet if you walked outside right now and asked 10 people when the Brickyard 400 was, uh, uh, is, you get five I don't knows and five different answers. So they need date consistency. That's that's going to be huge for them. If they can keep this from for three to five years on the Fourth of July, I think it will be. Again, I don't know if it'll be fixed, but it'll certainly be better than. I mean, gosh, what did we see? Like fifty thousand people two years ago. You can't. The rain thing happens, and you can't count that against anybody. But you know, for the last couple of years, like it was not good attendance wise. No, I so agree with you. They do need. Yeah, they do need date consistency, uh, like the Indianapolis 500. And like a bachelor like me, I need date consistency. But, hey, take right. what I can get. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Hicks, good radio friend, local market here, helps me play the homework card. Thank you so much for jumping on board with us today. I don't know what you're doing media-wise, but are, do you got any masterpieces <laughs> out there? Or, huh? <laughs> Well, I'm on. I'm still on Twitter, offering my opinion to those who read it uh, at Hicksm05, H I C K S M zero five, and uh, you know, you never know. I mean, good lord, I I did the uh, championship games for girls and boys high school basketball, and that was a blast. I really enjoyed doing that. Oh yeah, uh, for the champions Champions Radio Network, and uh, I don't know what's next, but uh, always willing to listen. 
<laughs> That's the thing. The ride with the track with helmet and bag. Who's going to take me? I'm ready to <laughs> hey, that's go. That's exactly right. right, man. Yeah. <laughs> that microphone will travel. <laughs> that's right. All right, Matt. You have yourself a good weekend. We'll talk with you soon. Thanks. Enjoy enjoy the uh, beautiful weather here this weekend. You too, sir. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Matt Hicks, I've known that guy for years. Uh, certainly uh, a good friend of the show. Uh, uh, was on local radio here for a good number of years. And just that's just radio. Trust me. Why do you think I do my own gig? The only person that's going to fire me is you or me. And I'm not going to listen to you. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, I am because I get up every Saturday morning and I'm ready to go. Stuff in my throat. I'm ready to go. 917-889-8516. We're supposed to be standing by for Grant Halstead. Uh, he is a college kid, so we got to give him a little bit of a leadway. Uh, but he was supposed to join us here at the top of the hour to talk some NBA playoffs in the Pacers, as he's a beat writer for the Pacers. But we digress, and we'll... We'll just keep moving forward. My name is Tom Marquisell, President. I promise you I will be back with you. And at 1030, uh, we'll be joining this Mo from the BS Sports Show. We will continue our conversation about the Masters and about the NBA playoffs. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. 
Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about Welcome back to The Balance. One hour and some change in the books in the can, as they say. Hey, speaking of the can, make sure – no, I don't have to go to the can. But speaking of the can, if you're not listening to our podcast and if you are not subscribed to our podcast, well, come on, chop, chop. What are you waiting for? Anywhere you can find your podcast that you listen to, obviously the most popular ones are Apple Podcasts. Tune in, Stitcher, but any place you go to get your podcast, just type in the balance, hit subscribe, and every time we upload a new show, which is just a few hours after we finish our live show, that podcast will be there. Because I know that you guys love listening to us. We have millions of downloads every single week. I I appreciate that. I really do. Uh, And we have – Thousands and thousands of followers on Twitter. I appreciate that at T Balance. And God, you can find us on Facebook on the fan page as well. You know, surplus promotion time. That's right. And we've come to that time in the show where I toot my own horn, tell you how awesome I am and how I'm on loan from God. And and uh, I can guide you through this crazy world of sports. But in all seriousness, I, we, we love having our fans interact with us. Uh, and Twitter is the best place to do that. And then certainly go to the podcast, rate our podcast, give us a, uh, like three or four stars, tell us how awesome we are, and that just helps us do better for you uh, here at The Balance. Uh, 917-889-8516 is our digits. Like I said, we, we're standing by for Grant Alstiv. Uh Not sure, where, as they say in the biz, we're efforting to, to get a hold of him, but uh, not sure what's going to happen there. But coming up here in about 10 minutes, 
Mo from the BS Sports Show joins us, and he'll he'll join us for about 10 or 15, 20 minutes, and we're going to talk some NBA and uh, maybe a little bit of Masters, and we'll see how, how that plays out. So welcome back, my friends. My name is Tom Marquis. Oh, come on. You guys aren't getting tired of the Jim Nance voice already, are you? <laughs> I crack myself up. I'm in an audience of one, and I I crack myself up. No, I know I'm not in an audience of one. I know there's at least one other person for a fact has told me they're listening. So there we go. Round three, the Masters, Augusta, Georgia, starts today. We've got two rounds in the books. Take a, a little bit of a look at the leaderboard. As we know, Tiger Woods, we, we, we don't even care where he's at on the leaderboard, do we? I mean, we do, sort of. I mean, obviously we do, but we just we know that he's there. So he's certainly uh, someone that, that we're watching and, and uh, taking a look at. But uh, stand by. Okay, now we're there. See? But um, Francisco Manavale, the Italian. We've got uh, the Australian Jason Day and uh, Brooks Kopika. <laughs> I'm having such a hard time, but he's an American. And, and a lot of people think that he is the favorite to win uh, the, the Masters, and he's certainly uh, playing at seven under. They, the, the top four slots are seven under along with, with Adam Scott and Louis Ostevon, um is your top there. Then we jump down. If you guys want to know real quickly here where Tiger is, Tiger is tied for sixth at six under. Uh, and then the other American tied for six is Xander Zofio. The other American tied for six is Dustin Johnson. As, as we ha- have talked about, the – the Masters is oftentimes won in uh, Saturday and Sunday in rounds three and four. And that's where we're going to see. I tell you what, I wouldn't say that Augusta is the hardest course. I would just say it's very complex and it's very long. And you, ha- you can't win the Masters on birdies you have to win the masters on on putts and you have to win the masters you have to you have to have been able to come from a position so what we talked about earlier is in round one two but typically round one what we'll see is those players that have been able to adjust from uh sixth to eighth place we see them in first to third place because they've made that have that ability to adjust for uh, Augusta. I mean, one of my favorite places to watch, and I have my own streaming too. So you've got a camera and on these different streaming uh, devices that allows you to hone in on a particular hole. Uh, a man corner is that hole for me. It's you got a bunker, you got water, you got you got to be perfect, or you're gonna play kerplunk kerplunk. And well, that's just not good in golf. 
You can watch it on television today, CBS, 3 to 7.30, tomorrow, 2 to 7 p.m., uh, Radio uh, Westwood One and Sirius XM. And, and, of course, there's the various different streaming uh, processes that I talked with you about. Tea times today. Let's, try, let's talk about what's going on today. 9.05, which has already happened. Uh, Eddie Perel, 9.15, which has already happened. Brandon Grace is on the course now. Emilio Grillo on the course. Now. Also is Zach Johnson. Uh, Tomokyo Kanya from Japan on the course now. On the course now, uh, Billy Herschel, Alex Norton. On the course now, uh, Devon Bling, Martin Kramer. On the course now, uh, Hatong Lee. Um, and then uh, we've got Eric Stinson on the course now. Coming up at 10.05, I mean, came out, that came out at 10.05 to Americans Keith Mitchell, Aaron Wise. And then 1025, Trevor Elman and another Japanese, Haldiki Masasumio. Yeah, that guy. And then uh, 1035 coming up here, uh, another Japanese guy, uh, Satoshis Kanova. And uh, Andrew Laundrie also coming up at 1035. Two o'clock, though, we know that Tiger's going to be teeing off. Uh, so funny, just funny how that happens. Uh, it, Literally corresponds with the time that the national broadcast starts. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> so, yeah, great weekend for the Masters. NBA playoffs get underway. The Pacers play tomorrow on the NBA playoffs. So, hey, it's a good day. Go outside, fire up the grill. I'll be doing that a little bit later on. 917-889-8516 is our digits. Welcome aboard, my friends. <laughs> you non-golf, you non-golf fans are like, really? Don't get it. Over my head. Well, Jim Nance, not only does he do ball and other stuff, football, he does it all for CBS. He's also a, a best-selling author. He also lives at Pebble Beach, I think. Yeah, I think he has a house. It's one of the big golf courses, but I'm almost positive. But he always he's known for the Masters. He's synonymous with the Masters, uh, kind of like back in the day. Howard Corsell was the synonymous for Monday Night Football. Uh, <laughs> it's just that when you hear that voice, you know it's that time of year. And we we make jokes about. Nuzzled in between, and you know, only Jim Nance can do that. But he says, Welcome, my friends. It's a tournament like none other. It's the Masters. I'm Jim Nance. Well, actually, I probably got that. I think he only says, Welcome, friends. I'm Jim Nance at the beginning of the broadcast. Well, does it look like we're going to get Grant Alstev with us today? Um, doesn't either look like we're going to have. Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest joined us, but we will be joined by Mo from the BS Sports Show here momentarily. Stand by, as they say in the biz. But uh, so what we're going to do is we're 
We're going to regroup. Because, uh, we have fallen off the rails for about 10 minutes, but that's okay. We're back. My name is Tom Marquis, El President. We'll be right back right here on the Balanced Radio Network. component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know, dance with me, purple cow. I like your move. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything! All right, and welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Marquistel, Presidente, not Jim Nance. But welcome aboard. And joining us now is Mo from the BS Sports Show and 104.9 The Eagle. Welcome, my friend. How are you, sir? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get to Jim Nance for it. I'm trying to get down. I'm trying to get it down. Nestled between, uh, uh, nestled between in the in the west suburbs. So I, I thought, well, am I going to do the show in the Jim Nance voice all day? But it's the Masters weekend, so hey, you got you got to you got to. Uh, pump it up a little bit. Have you had a chance to catch any of the rounds of of the Masters this week, sir? I have not, nor have I cared. You mean you're not? You're, you're I, I not. Care, I, care, master- I, I care on Sunday. <laughs> That's when it matters. That's when it matters. I mean, you know, we know the answer to this question, but we ask it anyway. Is Tiger going to be there on Sunday? 
He's going to physically be there, obviously, but, I mean, is he going to be there? Yeah, I mean, physically. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you hope for it. I mean, I think everybody in golf hopes for it. Everybody from CBS on down hopes that he will be there on Sunday. So what's Vegas uh, talking about the Masters? I mean, uh, I mean, who who are they? I know you do a lot with that, and we rely on you uh, on helping us uh, make our wagers, if you will. I'm not putting any money on the Masters, but uh, obviously it's a big money maker. Obviously it's it's a big thing for Vegas. Uh, uh, what are the Vegas bookies saying about the Masters 2019? Uh, well, I mean, for today's round, you're looking at guys like uh, Jason Day, Justin Harding. Uh, Tiger Woods was the outright favorite entering round three. So uh, if Tiger Woods could actually wind up winning the Masters, he'd wind up being like a seven-figure disaster for a lot of the sports books. So it could be huge. Be, uh, there's a, a lot riding on this Masters. You know, in all fairness, Tiger Woods does enter the weekend with just one shot behind it. He's tied for six. And, you know, typically a lot of times they say historically in the first round uh, or two, if you're in that – uh, sixth to eighth place, you're going to be in that uh, first to sixth place on Sunday, and he's only one. He's only he's only one stroke back c- coming into the weekend. I mean, we all like to root for the hero, and uh, it's kind of been the the theme today. We just don't let our athletes age. We just don't let them get older, which uh, which segues us into the next conversation that we want to talk about, and that's the NBA playoffs. But one of the things that we saw happen this week was the retiring of Dwayne Wade, and I'm sure you've seen it by now, and that is his son introduced, and you're Miami Wade, you're whatever, my dad, Dwayne Wade, and that was just a real inspiring moment, and Dwayne Wade has had a great career, but then we also look at what has happened with LeBron James. I mean, we we like to think he's still the little LeBron James that he was, you know, when everybody was talking about him at, at 17 years old and he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, you know, the, the, the biggest thing since peanut butter and jelly came out of Akron, Ohio, uh, the first high school basketball player that ESPN ever really covered. And he's not been in the playoffs. He's not missed the playoffs since Reggie Miller was in a, a uniform. And then you see Magic Johnson making a, the only thing he's been able to make disappear is himself. Uh, so, uh, Magic Johnson uh, saying goodbye, uh, oversold, underdelivered. So we're seeing a lot of things happen, but and I think it's just because we don't let the athletes age. I mean, we just don't let them get older. We always want them to be great. They always want to be great. Well, let's talk about that journey. Dwayne Wade decides to, to hang it up. Magic Johnson says goodbye. Uh, uh, LeBron James goes to the Lakers and misses the playoffs and doesn't know how to handle it. What are what are our thoughts about storylines that we've seen this week in the NBA regarding great legendary players? Well, you know, it's crazy that Magic Johnson can live with HIV for 27 years but couldn't last nine months with LeBron James. So, <laughs> I mean, that's a, that, that to me was, uh, was, was a little crazy. But, no, you know, I mean, I think – you know, LeBron, even though he's the best player in the world, was still able to live a little bit under the radar in Cleveland. Uh, you know, now you go to one of the big, you know, three franchises in the NBA, everything else is going to be scrutinized a little more. <laughs> and, you know, that's and I think that this NBA playoffs maybe I, I don't care as much about for the first time in a long time because there is no LeBron James. I, I think it's a bad it's bad for the NBA that there is no LeBron in this playoffs because let's be honest, 
when LeBron plays, people tune in to watch. And, you know, for the first time in a long time, LeBron, uh, you know, was injured. Think about LeBron over his career. How many times have, have you seen the guy out injured? And I think that was new for us this year. So um, I still think he's one of the top players in the world. I just – I think he's got himself – the Lakers are a mess. I mean, they were a mess before he got there. They'll continue to be a mess. Uh, and I think that uh, if he had a do-over right now, I think he'd still be in Cleveland. So we had a conversation a little bit earlier with Matt Hicks from here in Indianapolis, and, and we were just talking about the Pacers and the Celtics, but we got on this conversation about, about LeBron James. And, you know, if I'm Kobe Bryant, right now I'm looking back and I'm like, hey, I'm looking pretty good, guys. Hey, there's another good player out there that nobody mentions me in conversation, but I'm probably one of the greatest players that ever took the court. My name is Kobe Bryant. What are your thoughts? I mean, Kobe was great, uh, but if you look at the end of Kobe's career, not so great. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, Kobe Kobe was a fantastic athlete for a long time. Unfortunately, Kobe's career overlapped with Michael Jordan and LeBron James, and you know, it was just an unenviable spot for him. Uh, he came in, though, at a time when you know a, a new leader was needed other than uh, Allen Iverson, where a lot of people thought he, they, that he was the, the leader that really ghettoed up the uh, – the NBA and, and took it in the wrong direction to where it took it away from the mainstream a little bit. So I, I think Kobe came at the right time. Kobe had some struggles. Uh, you know, he, he switched numbers. We were supposed to forget about Kobe Bryant, who was number eight, because that was a bad guy. And, and, and Kobe Bryant, who was 24, who was, you know, the toast of the town. But, uh, you know, he had his struggles with Shaq uh, and, and then brought in uh, Pau Gasol and a couple of those guys to try to fill that role. And, you know, Kobe was a great player, but uh, – I, I, if I'm picking, uh, you know, starting my team with LeBron or Kobe, I'm taking LeBron all day long. You know, Sam, was you, in between those greats that we just talked about, and we mentioned him retiring, Dwayne Wade, uh, talk with us about his career and his decision to retire. I, I mean, I, I can't disagree with it. Maybe he had a few more years left in the tank. Uh, but one would think that a young uh, Wade boy there has got a bright future. Uh, I think a, a lot of people have seen him play, his son, and I think he wants to spend some time help nurturing that relationship, not quite like uh, Father Ball, if you will. Uh, but Dwayne Wade retires, and uh, talk with us about his career. Well, I, I think, you know, when you look back, uh, D. Wade will be, you know, uh, remembered as a very good player. I don't know that uh, how many championships he wins without either Shaquille O'Neal or uh, you know, LeBron James, but, you know, he's a guy who, who was a very good basketball player. He had great court vision, can pass the basketball very well, can shoot it. Uh, but I think he started to realize he didn't want to hang on like Vince Carter did for years and take a bench role. I think he wanted to try to go out. Uh, they don't have the farewell tour, go out on top. And uh, he realized that his skills have diminished over the past few years and, you know, decided about gracefully, decided not to hang on too long. Uh, you know, it takes a special player for a guy like Vince Carter to take the role going from being a superstar to being a, a role player and a bench player. We've seen a lot of guys who couldn't adapt to that role. Allen Iverson comes to mind, you know, at the top of my mind, who, who couldn't adapt to taking that lesser role when you went from being a superstar or, or Carmelo Anthony. So I think, you know, Dwayne Wade, you know, saw what, what was there and said, you know what, I'm going to go back home to Miami last year. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, go out my way. And, and he did so. And I think, uh, it was a very fitting tribute, not only to, to D. Wade, but then, you know, a guy like Dirk Nowitzki, who has been nothing but a, a star yes, guy and a standard yes, player for two years in the NBA. You know, and watching him get all choked up with these, uh, these videos the other day was, uh, was uh, you know, brought a tear to my eye to watch it. You know, he's another great guy that we're going to miss uh, in the NBA. He's, you know, one of the first really big European players that people really thought, oh, there really is that, uh, that class over there. And he kind of changed the game a little bit. You know, you look at a seven-footer who can shoot the three, that's uh, – you know, that kind of changed it a little bit to the NBA that we see now. So I think 
Dirk Nowitzki definitely left his mark on the uh, on the NBA. Well, yeah, and he stayed with the D- Dallas Mavericks his entire career. That's unheard of, yep. and that's there's something to be said for loyalty. That's uh, that, that's for sure. And so we go into the playoffs this weekend, and, and I know we've got to, we're going to get off a little bit because tomorrow is when the Pacers play. But let's play the Homer card real quickly here. You got the Pacers and the Celtics. I got optimism. Maybe it's the fan in me. Uh, maybe it's the fact that I that I know that Marcus Smart is out. I know we don't have uh, Owen Depot. Maybe it crosses each other out. But I think the Pacers will struggle. I think it'll take seven games to make it happen. But I think the the Pacers advance. What are your thoughts? Uh, you know, I mean, I think where the Pacers are going to struggle is guarding Kyrie Irving. I, I think the Pacers can match up with the rest of the Celtics team pretty well. Uh, I just I think that the Pacers without Victor Oladipo are going to have a very hard time guarding Kyrie Irving. Uh, he's the best ball handler in the NBA. Uh, he's a guy who's quick and can definitely get his own shot. He can get to the rim real fast. So you know, guys like uh, uh, Miles Turner uh, and Sabonis are going to have to really protect the rim because let's be honest, we saw Kyrie Irving in those finals with LeBron James uh, against the Warriors make the difference uh, a lot of times in those games. So I think the Pacers are going to struggle guarding Kyrie Irving. Uh, I think they can make it close, but ultimately I think that the Celtics are going to figure it out come playoff time in advance. All right, let's uh, let's start with game one today, 2.30, the Nets, the 76ers. Uh, 76er fans have been trusting the process, uh, but uh, the the uh, the Nets finished uh, over 500 for the first time since 2014. I would say they got, uh, they're going to put a pretty good challenge against the 76ers. But the 76ers tank for a reason, and here they are. They're in the playoffs. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, obviously talent-wise, the 76ers have a much better team. But when you, you look at an actual, you know, guys who play like a team and guys who are scrappy, and I think you look at this Nets team, and I think they're going to give the 76ers all kinds of problems. Uh, you know, you look at this uh, you look at this team in the Nets, and, uh, you know, not a lot of names that maybe the average fan recognizes, but uh, I think they're going to be impressed with guys like Joe Harris. And uh, you look at D'Angelo Russell, who's getting uh, you know a second shot uh, and played very well. So I just I, I think that the Nets uh, I think the Nets can honestly move on in this, which will be a huge shocker. But I really think that the the Nets can get it done. Uh, the 76ers I think they have too many issues. Jimmy Butler continues to be a problem. Uh, you know how do you uh, how do you uh, spread the uh, the wealth around when it comes to playing with one basketball? So. Uh, I like the uh, I like the Nets. The Magic and the and the Magic and the Raptors. I'm sorry, not the Warriors. Uh, well, that would be a heck of a matchup when it, <laughs> it would be the finals. But the Magic and the Raptors today, five o'clock. Uh, the Raptors are too good. I mean, there's too much talent on this basketball team. Uh, we've seen a Raptors team that's disappointed in the playoffs, obviously, but now they have LeBron James no longer to contend with. Uh, I, this team is just too damn good. And I think in order for them to convince Kawhi Leonard to stick around, they've got to make a very deep run of the playoffs. Uh, I think uh, the Raptors can dispatch the Magic in five games at the most. It's probably going to be a sweep. Well, if these two teams were in two separate conferences uh, in, in two different states, I would say that we'd have our, our national championship team. But it's not the case. But the other team in L.A., the Clippers, against the Warriors. Warriors, here we go. Until they prove us wrong. Same thing that we said about uh, LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Until they prove us wrong, uh, we're, we're going to be there. And so, But the Clippers, fun to watch. And uh, the Warriors are fun to hate. So go Clippers. 
Yeah, I mean, the Clippers are fun, but ask any random NBA fan, name, name me two guys on the Clippers, and I think that would be a hard thing for them to do. Uh, you look at the Warriors, you know, they've seemed more vulnerable, you know, this year throughout the regular season, but, again, the Warriors have never really cared about the regular season uh, other than that year when they won 73 games. So, uh, you know, I I think that this might be a, a tough series for them, but uh, I do think the Warriors move on. I mean, there's just too much talent on that basketball team. You wonder about the continued health of Steph Curry. Uh, but, you know, I, I just I, I, there's too many guys that can score the basketball. Kevin Durant is probably the best scorer in the NBA still. Uh, I think the Warriors move on, but I think this Clippers team makes it fun, and it makes you know it makes it exciting to see what the Clippers do in the offseason because I think there's a lot of people going to want to join this basketball team. Well, feel good, feel good story is the Denver Nuggets getting there, but the Spurs I think are too good of a team have historically proven themselves to do well in the playoffs. What are your thoughts? Uh, game one, round one, uh, the Spurs against the Nuggets. Well, I mean the problem for the Spurs obviously their advantage is in, is as far as the head coach with uh, Greg Popovich, but I think when you look at the, the those teams uh, of the past from the Spurs, that none of those guys, you know, still are around for the most part. So uh, I think this Nuggets team has been good. They've been fun to watch in the regular season. Now can they transition that regular season record into playoff success with the number two seed? And for a while, set there as the number one seed as, you know, the season wore on. So uh, I like the Nuggets in this matchup. I think the Spurs have just gotten, you know, to the point to where those glory years are, are gone. Talking with Mo from the BS Sports Show with 104.9 The Eagle uh, up in, in Ohio. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Pacers and the Celtics. One other game to talk about tomorrow is the Thunder and the Trailblazers. Uh, man, the Thunder, they got themselves PG. <laughs> and and maybe, they, maybe that's what well, I think we talked about earlier. I think that's what Magic Johnson thought he had. He thought that he had a PG. And and that didn't happen. PG thought that he had a Magic Johnson, which is why he was pushing so hard to leave the Pacers. Now he's just nestled in and said, hey, I think I'm just okay here at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, we look at their coach, though. All likelihood going to fire or resign, maybe go to UCLA. I think that'd be a good choice. Uh, so what are your thoughts, uh, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Portland Trailblazers? Well, I think Billy Donovan's going to stay. Mick Cronin from Cincinnati is, is the new UCLA head coach, so I, I think that that could put the Oh, has that been made official? I heard there. the rumor on that. I didn't know that that was official. So, okay, thanks for yeah. letting us know that. Go ahead, sir. Uh, you know, this is the this is the Paul George that I think the Patriots fans wanted to see all along, but I think PG realized that he had to go to a team that had a second superstar, that getting one of those uh, in Indianapolis wasn't going to happen. I mean, I think that's the one thing that – you know, the Pacers haven't, are going to have a hard time doing is getting a second superstar to play beside Victor Oladipo. So I think that's why PG basically wanted out of town because he wanted to find that second superstar to play with. And then once he got there with Russell Westbrook, he said he was happy and wanted to stay. Uh, but to me, at this point, I think Paul George has become the best player on that basketball team. Uh, he's a guy, you know, that, uh, that I think uh, should be in uh, MVP consideration this year. Has played fantastically throughout the entire season. You know, the Blazers are somewhat of an anomaly. You know, they, they play in the Pacific Northwest, so you know, here on this side of the country, we don't get to see them a whole lot uh, play. But, you know, you still got guys like Damian Leonard, C.J. McCollum, who's coming off of an injury, been out about the last 10 games. Uh, but, you know, they're a team that disappointed in the playoffs last year. They're a team that earned a high seed and, and, and got bounced early on. And, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen to them again this year. I just I think they're going to have a hard time. You know, you got to stop Paul George, but then you have to stop Russell Westbrook as well. Uh, star power on the uh, on the uh, Thunder, I think, is a little better. I think they've got a better inside presence with guys like Steven Adams. So I think the Thunder move on and knock off the Trailblazers early on yet again another year. 
Do you think Pacer fans should be happy for Paul George, or should they still be a little bit bitter? I mean, when the trade worked out as well as it did, I don't think you need to be bitter anymore. Had you got a bunch of crap in return and things that hadn't worked out, but let's be honest, you know, you got uh, you know two guys that have extremely uh, you know excelled when it came uh, to this Pacer team. I mean, uh, who would have thought you know two years, two and a half years later, you would look down and say, you know what, this this turned out to be a pretty fair trade. Uh, you know, because let's be honest, it, it was going to cost you a fortune to continue to keep Paul George, and likelihood is he wasn't going to be there. So I think, you know, it was best case scenario. Now, if you're Kevin Pritchard, you've got to go out and find a a, a good to great player who's willing to come now and, and join this uh, this team and play along Victor Oladipo. So uh, the work's cut out for Kevin Pritchard. I think they've got to draft very well, uh, but I don't think there's any reason to be better anymore because. Pacers, I, I think, had the best case scenario. They got per, two pretty good, damn young players. Well, let's real quickly get our MLB fix. Uh, I got to start with the NL Central. Obviously, they are uh, just uh, basically one uh, half a game behind the Brewers. Number one, you got the Pirates and the Cubs and the Reds. And um, Reds are doing what Reds do. I kind of like seeing the Cubs behind the Pirates. Still very, very early. But as we look at uh, the National League Central getting going for 2019 and after the playoffs are over and we've had some time to nestle down, it's going to be some time to start watching some baseball. And, you know, we we really start caring about it after the All-Star break anyway. Uh, But the National League Central, let's talk about your Cubs, my Cardinals. Uh, Overall, what are your thoughts? The Brewers are right there yet again. Well, this is the problem when you're the Chicago Cubs of what happens when everybody in your division does stuff in the offseason and you do nothing. Uh, and the Cubs have become victim of that. They've got a couple of bad contracts on the books, which I think prevented them owner-wise from letting them spend money. Uh, you know, you've got uh, the $180 million deal that they gave Jason Hayward. Uh, you know, the, the bad contract they gave you Darvish last year that has not panned out. And the Cubs relief pitching has been terrible, uh, like always. Uh, so, I think that's really hindered the Cubs. You know, the Cardinals made some pretty big moves, especially in getting Paul Goldschmidt, uh, which has really panned out for them. You know, the, and the Brewers, you know, they, they didn't lose anybody, and they added a piece uh, or two here and there. So I think that's been really well. I think once the Reds go get it together, they've been very, it's a very interesting makeup of the team down there. So uh, I think maybe as the summer goes on, they won't be as bad as they've looked so far. You know, you've got a bunch of guys uh, who are new in town. Uh, so I think that could be a very interesting team to watch. Um, you know, and – I'll tell you, Tom, having the uh, a fun team that's going to be fun to watch is, is the Padres and having the, you know the, their single-A minor league team here, getting to watch uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. a couple of years ago. Uh, he's going to be something to watch. So it, when you get a chance to watch him this year in the big leagues play for, uh, for the Padres, he's a fun, fun kid and got a lot of power. Well, absolutely, and I, I totally agree with you on that. Two really big contracts. We haven't had a chance to break these down. Well, a lot of big contracts, but two of the biggest contracts, uh, Bryce Harper and Mike Trout. The Angels not doing so well. They spent all this money to basically keep him for life. Bryce Harper, uh, keep him for life, basically. And I know it's still early in the season. Uh, The Phillies are second in their division, uh, but the Angels are are just almost in last place. And, and, And we can read into the tea leaves and say, ah, you paid all this money for nothing. I think a lot of people did not like that because they feel like it does ruin a team. 
I don't know, but what are your thoughts? Two big contracts with the Phillies with Bryce Harper and then the A's keep Mike Trout because um, – and I think that uh, he used Bryce Harper as a um, – as a negotiating tool uh, because Bryce Harper kind of said, Hey, uh, I'll do everything in my power to get him over here at the Phillies. Maybe I know they're good friends. So maybe it was a strategy that they, they planned out that worked, but Mike Trout got a big contract as well. What are your thoughts on these big mega, mega, mega baseball contracts? Uh, Well, I mean, when you look at these, these two teams, I think you're looking at two different, completely different baseball players. Mike Trout's a guy who doesn't, uh, you know, you don't hear a lot about partially because he plays for the Angels, but he's just not a, a big, boisterous guy. He's a, he's a dude that, uh, you know, comes to the ballpark every day and does his job, and it's worth every single penny probably and probably a little more. Bryce Harper's a guy who's going to bring people out to watch him play. Uh, he's a guy who's going to get the endorsements. He's a guy who doesn't sell a lot of jerseys. Uh, he's a dude that uh, that will give you a lot of production, but he's going to hit slumps. Mike Trout's not a guy that really goes through slumps, you know what I mean? So you're paying two different guys for it seems like two different things. Uh, you know, and then you look at a team like the Seattle Mariners, who jettisoned their big contracts. They sent away Robinson Cano. They sent away a couple of big uh, contracted pitchers, and they're a team that's 13-3. and three. So you wonder in today's Major League Baseball what really works. It seems like it's a different formula every single year. Mo for the BS Sports Show and 104.9 The Eagle. I appreciate you joining us. I know you said 20 minutes. I went over just a little bit. I do apologize, sir. But where can people find your work and your masterpieces? Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at Mo Radio Show and on 93.1 The Fan in Lama, Ohio. Lama, Ohio. The hub, the, the, the heartthrob of Ohio, right? It's not really the armpit of Ohio. Well, it? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it gets there every now and again. <laughs> it does. All right, buddy. You have yourself a good weekend. We'll talk with you soon. All right. Thanks, Tom. Mo from the BS Sports Show. Love having him on. We've able to to run the bases, no pun intended, uh, talk some uh, baseball, some NBA playoffs, and, well, the Masters. You know, not everybody's a golf fan. I'm a huge golf fan. I play golf. So I have to admit I'm a little bit partial. But I, like I mentioned earlier on in the show, the Masters is something special. And I know that the cliche opening is it's like none other. It's the Masters and Augusta, Georgia. That's going on this weekend. It's just kind of been our overall theme. Of course, NBA playoffs getting kicked off this weekend. And uh, thanks to Matthew Hicks uh, joining us play the the local card with us uh, and talking some NBA playoffs. Mo from the BS Sports Show uh, joined us as well. And most importantly, thank you. No, really, seriously, I insist. Thank you uh, for joining us today. It's been a great show. Uh, remember to, to download that podcast, um, hit subscribe. Uh, wherever you get your podcast at, if you're an Apple person like myself, just go to the Apple podcast, search the balance, hit subscribe, and voila, like magic. Every time we download a new show, we will be there. And uh, um, so make sure you do that. Follow us on Twitter. Great place to interact with us at T Balance. Uh, we like to try to get as much stuff up there from the, the world of sports that we can. And so we do a lot of tweets and retweets and polls and a good place for you to, 
to interact with us as the fan is at T Balance on Twitter, on the Twitterverse, on the Twitter universe. Uh, you can also um, follow us on Facebook. Just search The Balance in the fan page world, and you can find us. Again, this is the Masters weekend. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, but uh, it's going to be an exciting time, right? Exciting times. Exciting times. And I know you guys, I know you guys loved my, um, you guys loved my Jim Nance voice impression. Come on. I, I, I nailed it. I crushed it. Hit it out of the park. Absolutely. Well, my name is Tom Marquis. Thanks for joining us, friends. I'm out of here. We'll see you next week on The Balance, right here on The Balance Radio Network. Remember, don't drink and drive. Hit it in cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.